Turn Mayhem. Midterm Mayhem. Midterm Mayhem. Midterm Mayhem. Mayhem, a couple more days of this, then we can start talking about real stuff that matters. Because I think we're all kind of over this. But we do need to relive some of the wackiness. I think that's, we need to look back in our timeline of all the craziness that happens just to get you up to date on how we got to this wacky mayhem place. Well, we're almost done and through with it. The election coming to a close, hopefully next week, when on Monday, the governor, the secretary of state and the AG will all meet and would do what they call the canvas of the state election results. We're hoping that everything goes smoothly for that. It was a little dramatic uh, in 2020 when uh, President Trump presumably called Governor Ducey on his phone while they were trying to certify that he lost. Um, so I can't tell you that nothing's going to happen on Monday, but nothing is supposed to happen. Dramatic well, I don't think Monday. anything dramatic is going to happen there. I think we'll find dramatic stuff from the people that probably tried to disrupt or do something like that. But I, one thing I'm noticing is it's becoming less and less. Right. So, you know, there in 2020, there was all these protests and chaos. Then, you know, they had some other stuff. And there was now this past time, you know, we had the uh, <laughs> we had the great honking, which was a handful of people. Just recently, there's been a ton of craziness. Yeah. But the craziness isn't going anywhere. But it's a, a scant few people. Well, we had 100 people at that that hearing last week. Uh, yeah, there are not yeah. very many, to yeah. say the least. The Great Honking only had, like, I don't know, 17 to 20 cars. They just kept going like around in a circle, so it seemed like there was a lot and more. And they couldn't even was. really keep up with each other, because yeah. when you're going in a circle downtown, that's pretty hard, because yeah. there's a lot of lights. There's a lot of stoplights yeah. and a lot of construction. It's not the best. Uh, yeah, and they, they were doing the whole Jericho thing. Yeah, well, they were hoping to... Trying you know, to blow the horns and... Blow the horns. Hope and the walls and fall down. I don't know. It did not happen. I don't know what happens after the walls fall down. Um, we were trying to kind of rewind a bit. Chad, to right. kind of the beginning of what you would consider this election cycle. I, I think for me, the beginning of the election cycle in Arizona for, for this uh, midterm election is probably June of last year when Carrie Lake announced she was running for governor. Okay. I think that's kind of where it starts. That's where for it starts. Me. Yeah. Because we already kind of knew that Katie Hobbs was likely to run for governor yeah, on the left. After 2020 and all the stuff that happened, and her being on television, everybody just from outside of the state sent so much money to her. You're talking about Hobbs. Hobbs. That it was just kind of a given that she was going to be the de facto nominee, even she though it was going to be. She was kind of the face of the um, election well, officials yes. after 2020. I mean, she's the secretary of state. She's yeah. in charge of our elections in Arizona for the most part. Um, so she kind of played that role on MSNBC and CNN. And, and it helped her rise um, nationally yeah, as well as it did, you know, money wise. And at that point, I think the Democrats knew her war chest is so big that it's just easier to allow there to be an open primary, which they did. And, and who ran against her? What was his name? Uh, Marco Lopez. Marco Lopez. And, but he was, he never had a chance. He didn't have quite the name recognition that she did. Yeah. And I didn't think he was a bad candidate at all. He didn't have the money. Right. That's also a huge thing. So, yes. It was an uphill climb for him. For everybody else, it was when Carrie Lake jumped in that I think people went, what? So that was June of last year. She was getting an early start on that. Uh, 
March of this year is when Blake Masters jumped in. Now, he ended up being the primary, uh, the big challenger to Mark Kelly, yeah. who was the incumbent. We always kind of knew Mark Kelly was going to be involved in the selection process. Um, so Blake Masters, though, when he announced, was not necessarily the front runner on the Republican no, side. No, I think a lot of people thought Bernovich was going to be. Remember, uh, Bernovich, the attorney general, he was consider, uh, considering a run at the time. Jim Lehman, a businessman. Who he also has tons who, of money. He was the one who put out that advertisement where uh, he was firing guns and the ad members a standoff, a Western standoff between him. And That's like, right. I, I want to say one of the Clintons and Mark Kelly. Yeah. And, oh, that was just uh, so yeah, it was kind of embarrassing. But that's kind of one of the craziest started there. And that primary. Also, uh, General Mick McGuire was involved right. in that one. So there were a lot of names in that primary. Blake Masters was not necessarily the front runner. No, for that. but he had the backing. He of, had the money. He had the money. He had the backing of Peter Thiel, who is a one of the tech billionaires uh, who is conservative. And because of that, uh, he was able to kind of hang around long enough that everybody else started running out of money. Fast forward a little bit. Some of the craziness for me was during the early process of campaigning, where you started to learn a little bit about policies. What are these people going to do that's different from who's already in office? Yeah. Carrie Lake shows up on ASU's campus and starts throwing masks on the ground and stomping on them and you know, tell Michael Crow to shove it or whatever she said. Uh, and then similarly, you have Blake Masters who comes out and says we should privatize Social Security, which was something yeah. that I think perked a lot of years in Arizona. And, and people were like, whoa, wait a minute. That's not something that we're on board for. So once you started to find out policy, then there was the whole thing with Carrie Lake and uh, the uh, drag. Oh, that's right. God, the, her friend who's not her friend, but and, and, she was against drag queens. I don't and know. And the drag queens showed up, but it was it was at her house, but it wasn't at her house. But I've got pictures of us together. I've got, what was the other thing? I've got text messages and correspondence and we were friends. And It and, was a lot of stuff that had nothing to do with anything. Being Policy. governor, wasn't real. politics, it really had nothing to do with any of that. Then there was Carrie Lake's idea to put cameras in the classroom. That sparked a lot of controversy. A lot of people speaking out about that. One time said we need to do less math and some of this. I mean, she had, she was all over the place with some of this stuff. I think it got really contentious once Robeson became the the primary opponent. Yeah, Uh, we remember the uh, the debate where they had four Republicans on stage. It was Robeson. It was Lake, but it was also Paula Tuliani Zen, who's basically your grandmother, and she's super sweet. She's super nice. We had her in studio. She was awesome, but she wasn't a serious opponent in that race. She Uh, made some decent sense. She made some decent sense, but it didn't really matter. No, at that point, it hadn't really mattered. Um, So that got heated. Then post. Well, uh, it, the primaries. Then the primaries, because the cheating had already begun. Remember that? Well, yeah. Lake came out and said, we're already starting to see evidence of And we're going to pass it over to the attorney general and the, and the uh, uh, powers that be so they could go after. Which never happened. Which never happened. Um, what else? What, what was the other craziness? I mean, then you start getting towards the general election and things got really crazy. Then you we s- interviewed her and that went sideways. Well, it did, it did kind of go sideways a little bit, but... This was a wacky and wild 2022 midterm election. And then you got to the point where it was general, and you had one lady who would seek out cameras everywhere she went, would argue with anything, including herself, would de- demean, you know, uh, you know, John McCain. And, and then you had one person who wouldn't discuss anything with anybody. Everybody made their own mistakes. I mentioned Master's big mistake. You mentioned Lake's big mistake in denouncing John McCain and his supporters. Uh, let's be clear, too. 
I don't think that our elections in Arizona were run super smooth. No. Uh, we had the incident in the primary in Pinal County where they printed the ballots wrong. We still they have no idea who won the primaries. Yeah. Uh, they tried to mail secondary ballots, or they did mail secondary ballots. Oh, vote on the first one, but also vote on the second one. Yeah, but but if you do, if you haven't sent the second one in, don't. But if you did, remember what you voted on and then just vote on the other stuff. At the very least, it was confusing. Yeah. I'll give you that. Then we have an incident on Election Day. I don't think that the county gets off scot-free here. No, they shouldn't. Uh, the printers at 30% of the ballot, uh, the voting centers, yes, rather, 30% of voting centers had printer issues where the ballots were printed right, but they didn't have like dark enough timing marks to be read by the tabulators on site. Maricopa County, I believe, is the only county or the one of the counties that you can count their ballot on site, but if it's not working on site... You put it in this other box. You can't box put three. it in another box because it's got Tupperware. And that's where the craziness started was on election day. You had Republicans, especially they, Kelly Ward, who came out and said, don't put your ballot in box yeah. three. It's not secure when it is. And it's the part of the legal process that we have in Arizona in every other county. It, it, it was it, it was definitely. And here we are now. We are a few days away from being completely, you know, let's not forget the fact that we had Two counties say they weren't going to certify, but one did it begrudgingly, and then the other one had to be ordered by a judge, do this or else. And that's where we are now. Coming up next, it's five spots. Five spots. We need five of you to call. We're going to put you on the spot about a news story that everyone's talking about. And certainly, everybody's talking about the World Cup. The United States is still in it. So here's what I want you to do. Call us if you're a sports fan. 602-277-5827, 277-KTAR. If you're a sports fan, I'm interested to know, are you watching the World Cup? Do you care? USA plays tomorrow, by the way. 277-KTAR, if you're a sports fan. We're talking World Cup next on the Gatos and Chad Show. We do a little five-spot action. We're asking you a question. You're watching the World Cup. You're a sports fan. The U.S. plays tomorrow. I think the game kicks off, is it 8 o'clock here, I believe? I think it's 8 o'clock in the morning. Yeah, we play on the Dutch. The Dutch. The Dutch. Oh, goodness me, we play the Dutch. So we're asking you to call in five-spot if you're paying attention to said World Cup. It doesn't have to be the American team. Maybe you, maybe you followed the Mexican team. Maybe you're a fan of England. Whatever it is, uh, let us know. 277-5827. Janet in Phoenix, are you following along? Um, I am. I am. Yeah. Um, I <laughs> I don't know much about soccer, but I'm just supporting the USA. Okay, just the Team USA. Do you only watch their games? I only watch their games. You know, I respect That's that. all I care about. That's okay. Because I don't, I don't know much about soccer, I guess I should read up. But it was nerve-wracking the other day, was it not? And exciting? Crazy. Yeah, <laughs> crazy, crazy, absolutely. Appreciate your, uh, your call. Be, uh, be safe out there. Uh, Daniel in Phoenix, uh, you watching the games? Nope. Nope, nope. Why not? Uh, I go to sports to, like, relax and get away from everything going on and nowadays it's all political so, so which 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 ones are political like which games are you saying like u.s versus um, iran yeah, is too political for sure yeah. like the armbands you know just just everybody thinks they need to make a political statement nowadays and uh, it's uh i can totally understand that. 
I can understand that. See, I, I won't argue with the fact that that game meant more than just what was happening on the soccer pitch. Yes. So yes. I can I, I agree that these games can be more than just well, athletics. Well, especially because where it's being held, all the controversy yep. about A, how did they get it? B, how many people actually died building some of these stadiums? Uh, you know, how do they treat people from, from, from you know, the LGBTQ, 2 plus A, B, C, D, M, L, and Q to, uh, you know, to women. So there is already that. You can and, make the argument we shouldn't even be condoning having the game. We should make the argument. We shouldn't be. The other day, we shouldn't even be participating. A guy made a great point on Twitter that says we should be nowhere near playing a game against Iran in any capacity at all. Or just playing in the games and well, and playing in the games themselves. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. All right, let's go to Noel in Gilbert. Uh, Are you watching the games? I am, but I'm watching others. I'm watching the USA but I also have friends from Cameroon and I have friends from Croatia. So I'm not just watching. Okay. So do, oh, we lost her there. I think we lost her. Okay. But see, that's interesting to me too, because there's plenty of people who follow soccer on an international scale. Yeah. It's hard to follow it on a local scale, but on an international scale, I get that. I feel like a lot of people who are just general sports fans, I'm a general sports fan, yeah. like a lot of different sports. I watch the soccer games, not because I love soccer, but just because of the camaraderie that we get. We're all in the newsroom on yeah. Tuesday. I think Gatos was game, came you know out I mean? when he came out the other day, and he was watching. They saw everybody crowded around. Some of the salespeople were here. Everybody watching it. He, I think he was like, oh, "I can't believe that's what. Wait, what's going on? It's it is it is that kind of. It's the fear of missing out. Yeah, kind of thing. Yeah, I, I absolutely, get that. absolutely, a hundred percent. Brad and Chandler, uh, you watching the games? Um, not so much during the weekday because I got to work, but I do watch them on weekends. Well, if you're really smart, you quit your job and actually do the right thing by watching the games because that's what yeah. I would have done. <laughs> they got this cool new but thing you called know, TiVo. You know what's funny, that. Brad? I, yeah. I, I did that when I was younger and the games were going in 1990 in Italy. And I'd come home and I still had to work because I, you know, we didn't make a lot of money over there playing soccer. And I was working at this goofy place and they're like, the World Cup game was on and they're like, you have to work. And I'm like, I quit. <laughs> And uh, is it Melanie and Gilbert? Uh, are you watching the games, yes or no? Yes. Yes. Pulling for the U.S.? Yes. Fantastic. But do you even like soccer? I love soccer. Okay, good. I play go. soccer. There you go. She gets I'm 63 it. 63 years old, and I play indoor soccer. Still oh. kicking, literally. That's awesome. I love that. That's awesome. Uh, right on. Go U.S. Appreciate your calls. That was five spot. Do it every single day. In fact, I'll give you, I'll break down the uh, U.S. versus uh, the Dutch here in a little bit. What we got to look for, what our chances of getting through, and, and should we get through? Who could we face next? Could he be the most famous player in the world that's not named Ronaldo? First, we got to deal with the Dutch. The Dutch. The Dutch. The Dutch. The Ange. The Ange. Coming up next, is the economy finally back on track? Things are starting to look good again, but is that mean we're not going to have a recession next year? We'll dive into more of that next on the Gatos and Chad Show. Arizona's news station, KTAR News, 92.3 FM. Spanning the Valley of the Sun and all across the 48th state, the Gatos and Chad Show. That is us, you or you. Sports of the Amazing Programs brought to you by Parker & Sons Plumbing Electrical. Two-time winner of the Better Business Bureau's Ethics Award. Very ethical. Steve Zinsmeister in for Gatos today. He'll yeah, be back on uh, Tuesday. I don't know. Uh, but uh, today, good report on jobs. 
yeah. the economy. We added 263,000 jobs, which is more than they thought. In the month of November, 263,000. That is almost on par with the last three yeah. months, so we'll just call it all even. As somebody said, it flies in the face of Fed hikes, which is trying to slow the economy, cool it. And uh, But there are, well, we spent money. Consumer spending was up, but there's layoffs coming. And that's the thing that people are looking at, layoffs. So that's interesting to me. So you hear about all these big companies that are doing layoffs, right? We've heard about Amazon. We've heard about Facebook or Meta, whatever it's called now. We've heard about uh, a bunch of different big companies. Amazon laid off, what, 13,000? You had Facebook lay off 11,000, but that was mostly for Meta. Right. The meta side of the Facebook. Metaverse. Uh, But you've had several other companies that have reduced a decent amount of their Twitter laid off a bunch of people with the Elon transaction. So with that said, that's the interesting part to me is that you still continue to add a quarter of a million jobs in the month of November despite all these major companies doing layoffs, which to me means had we not had all those big companies do layoffs that month, there would have been massive job growth. There was already decent job growth. We just would have had massive had they not done those layoffs. Yes. But you have to factor that in. So 3.7% unemployment rate in America right now, that's still very, very low. It's lower than it was before the pandemic. It's about as low as it's been in the last 50 years. We have a record number of people that are of working age that are not in the workforce, Uh, which is also rather bizarre. The price of gas has gone down 12 cents in the last week, 29 cents. In the last month, that's the national price of gas, not Arizona specifically. Um, with all those things said, you're still looking at a recession in 2023? Yeah, it's not just me. This is Peter Schiff, smart guy, uh, smarter than me, uh, economist, uh, very much a, a, a big broker. And he was the guy, he, he became famous in the, in the oddly enough, in the YouTube world. He went down during, remember 2008, and the, everybody had the Occupy? Oh, yeah. So here's a guy who's a big hedge fund guy. He goes down, and he just sits there, and he interviews and talks to them and you know explains to them, uh, you guys don't really understand how a lot of this stuff works. Uh, well, he's been right on a lot of things, and this is what he had to say. It's not like the 2008 recession or financial crisis. It's actually going to be much worse than that. Uh, this is just the beginning. I think we've been in a stealth recession all year, but I think the recession is going to get much worse in 2023. Yeah, much worse in 2023. So what's going to be the, the telltale signs? What are the first things to go? When? How will we know when the recession is? Boom, it's here. Uh, first things first, it's going to be not just jobs where they've overhired. Uh, it's going to be jobs across the board. It's going to be... Meaning losing jobs? Losing jobs. Okay. And and unemployment gets that 7%, 8%. That's the fear in, in, for, for a lot of people. The, the that others, would be about double. Yeah, about double what it is now. Uh, spending slows down tremendously. And, you're, and one of the things, though, that while people are working, which is great, a lot of people who are working are taking second jobs. And that's where there's been huge growth in, in job creation is people taking second jobs because there's plenty of jobs available, as we all know. But most of them are for... The, you know, especially out here, you've got a lot of some manufacturing jobs now. You've got tons of jobs in the hospitality industry, things of that nature. Uh, if you're a computer programmer, you might not be looking for something like that. You're going from, you know, 75 to 100 grand down to, you know, tips and some things like that. But 
some people are still struggling with that. Well, that's the thing we talked about earlier, too, is that the workforce and the typical work week and the way that you work, where you're working from, maybe you're working from home. Like I've seen a lot of studies that say like over half of Americans work from home now. I don't know yeah. if that's accurate, but hey, that's a lot of people. Well, they spend some time working out of the house, I'm sure now. Right. Maybe you're a hybrid worker. I know a lot of people here uh, in our sales department or other departments that they work at home sometimes. They work at the office sometimes. You go in one one or two days a week. Uh, my girlfriend work, does a you know full job, full-time job, but she only goes into the office one day a week, works from home the rest of the time. So there's plenty of people like that. So it, it's a weird economy now. It is. The pandemic didn't just shut down businesses and cost people money. It did a lot more than that. It changed the way that we work. Well, it's and it allowed up where a lot we were of people going. to get additional jobs. It sped up where we we're going because I think a lot of people thought eventually, with, with technology the way it is, we were going to spend more time working out of the house. It kind of sped up, though, by probably five to ten years where we're headed. Because I think, you know, I mean, and now, you know, you've got a lot of people out there who are, uh, you know, they're, they're, they're demanding I work from home, which is kind of an odd. So in a weird way, you know, you're a garbage man. <laughs> <laughs> in a weird way, the economy is back on track, but we're still destined for we're, we're gonna, well, I mean, a bad 2023. Because every, as good as some of the stuff is, it takes one thing. I don't know how bad it's going to be. Do I think... It, I, that guy I, said worse than 2008. There's a possibility because you also have to think of the bad, overinflatedness dude. of home prices. The massive amount of credit card debt that people are carrying right now is huge. And with another rate hike, people are putting we, – we went from saving and having more savings than we ever had to having very little savings now. And our credit card debt is rush, just – it's running away with where it was. So those are things that could be the next big bomb to fall, which is going to put – uh, a lot of banks and financial uh, companies in some places and some serious uh, some serious issues. Reportedly, Governor Ducey made a promise to do something before he left office. We should do more reptile talk. Will he keep his... No, we're not going to talk about reptiles. Yeah, I got something cool. I've been reptiles. All right, we're going to talk about reptiles. It's coming it's up next. It's not so much a reptiles as a tortoise. I gave us some chat show. Yeah, that's right. Deal with it. Omaha Steaks, baby. You're going to love it. Arizona's news station, KTAR News, wow. 92.3 FM. You're locked in to the Gatos and Chad Show. Do you want to talk about fun stuff or do you want to talk about boring stuff? Anybody? Becky, fun or boring? Fun stuff, fun stuff. Let's talk about fun stuff. I really don't care about what the Ducey does. Get out of here. Okay. I have a feeling that I don't have a choice in this. So. You don't. Yeah. You don't. You don't. I, I would like to give you a choice, but then... Uh, Which fun story would you like to talk about, Chad? Uh, I this This I found fascinating. So... His name is Jonathan the Tortoise. Are you ready for this? Oh, this is a reptile story. He was born in late 1700s, early 1800s on the, uh, on the small island. He now lives in the uh, South Atlantic Ocean Island of St. Helens. He's been there since 1882. He has seen the collapsing of the British Empire, world wars, the ending of slavery, and he's 197 years old, and they think he's got many, many years left in him. How cool is that? That is an old, old, old critter. Not the oldest vertebrae. The oldest vertebrae is the green Jonathan shark. Jonathan the tortoise. Yes. Yeah. And he lives where? In the St. Helens Island in the South Atlantic Ocean. Gotcha. So it's a very nice island, by the way. Let's look at it. I found another detail about Jonathan. Yeah. I, Smokes I, a lot. I don't know, I don't know how you uh, find this out, but apparently he is a gay giant tortoise. Uh, well, that's what? That's, that's what they're hoping That's he is. what it says. The story right here says Jonathan, the blind... <laughs> Oh, I was going to ask if he was blind. The He's blind, blind, gay, giant tortoise from St. Helena. Yeah. 
Yeah, I don't. That's really, what it says. I'm just reading you the headline. I, know. So, I don't know. Uh, but I not the oldest the living critter. The oldest living critter is the Greenland shark. This one that they have taken a picture and have uh, documented. It's a female. She is 400 years old. And where is she? She's in Greenland. She swims under the. the it, they're very big sharks, but they only grow a centimeter a year. Well, but over 400 years. Well, yeah, she's, she's yeah. quite large. They're slow swimmers. Uh, they can get to about 16, 17 feet long. And talk about the things that she has essentially witnessed, stuff above her that has flown by. Yeah, 400 years. We've, we've covered a lot of ground in 400 years. We have. We've come a long, long way. They should get together and write a book. Yeah. Can you imagine? So they the said because they've of seen. The the radio seen. Uh, carbon dating. Uh, doesn't produce exact dates, but they believe one of the ones that they had, it couldn't have been as young as 272, as old as 512 years old. That is old. That means she was born between 1501 and 1744. Nature's weird, man. Nature's so weird. Oh, you guys, oh, here's a great nature story. You guys are speaking of nature. All right. I want, you know, we talk about little kids. Little kids are hilarious and they're funny. Listen to this little girl here who, uh, well, she, she, she took on a shark. No. I'm flying. Ten-year-old Jasmine Carney is one brave, cool kid. I fought a shark and won. You heard that right. Just 48 hours ago, a shark coming right at Jasmine at Hope Sound Beach. What did you see? What did you hear? Something grabbed me, so I'm like, don't you touch me. It looked pretty big, and it was gray. It hurt, so I'm like, kick it, run away. <laughs> Run away? She's just cool. It's grandma. She's just cool. I was amazed. She came running up that beach, screaming, something bit me, something bit me. And I saw all the blood. I went and got a lifeguard. Jasmine flying by chopper to Palm Beach Children's Hospital at St. Mary's. Shark bites coming over. Stunning her surgeon. Well, she was very positive from the get-go. So, and she's like, that was the superhero. That was the superhero thing. She tells stories like you do, Chad. Bada bang, bang, She must have got it right in the nose. Remember they used to, they always said it. The gills or the nose, but she punched it in the nose because that's, it's got all You know why I don't believe the story? Why? She said she ran away. How'd you run away from Well, shark? I think, uh, well, first of all, most shark attacks happen in less than three feet of water. I was going to say, she, she wasn't think? very old. She had to be right at, you and, know, just yeah, offshore. Yeah, she wasn't swimming. Like, where's your kid? Oh, we let her swim out to the buoy. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know if I buy it. Oh, right on. All right, you've been listening to Reptile Hour on the Gators and Chat Show. A lot of fun. And Shark Hour. But it was more fun than talking about crap that's boring. I would tease something, but I have no guarantee that we're going to talk about it. We may not talk about it. That's coming up next on the Gatos and Chad Show.